Hello everyone, and welcome to Uncertified Unqualified. I'm Rita. And I'm Anna. And today our episode is going to be about mass incarceration in America. Yes, if you have not watched our episode on policing, we mentioned this, we touched on this a little bit, and we wanted to know if you guys wanted to hear an episode fully dedicated to it, and y'all did. So here it is. Go watch that. Watch. We knew what you meant. I need to stop speaking. (laughs) 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 Go go listen to our episode on policing if you haven't already. Or go watch it, you know, while you're at it. (laughs) Do you guys want us to start doing Twitch streams of our podcasts? That's not going to happen. I don't have those capabilities. (laughs) Oh, you go. Okay. Okay. So this is an episode on mass incarceration. We're going to talk about how it happened why we are where we are now and where we are now and how do we go from here <laughs> which seems like a lot but we're gonna break it's it down. messed up what's the song i'm gonna break it down for y'all what's that song do, do you know the song I'm t- i know the song you're talking about but i don't know if i can elaborate on it further. i can't i we're gonna break it down for y'all <laughs> All I can think of the it's it's time for a breakdown. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. That's, the only thing I can think <laughs> That's of. not the song I That's was not thinking the song. of. But I like it just as much. All right, so listen to this. Are you ready? Okay. One in every thirty-six adults is under correctional control. Thir- uh, thirty-six. One you count thirty-six, 36 people, 36. and one of them is under correctional control. That's enough to fill a room. That is a lot. And that doesn't just mean um, jails or prison. It also means just in the correctional system, so parole, probation, etc. In that correctional system, one in every 36 adults in America is under correctional control. And when you take into account the population of the United States, holy shit. (laughs) The United States holds only 5% of the world's population and yet 25% of the world's prison population. We have a problem of mass incarceration. We have a problem of over-incarceration in this country. And it's plain as day to see if you just look at these numbers. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about actually comes from the documentary on Netflix called 13th. It's really important. I highly recommend this documentary. It opened my eyes. I'm not going to lie to you. I stopped halfway through it and sat and cried for a while because I was so furious and so angry and I care a lot. So I got very sad and depressed about it, but seriously watch it. I will say it, it it's a lot. I'm going to give you a little synopsis of what they're talking about. I'm going to explain the history for you. We're going to try to hopefully make it make sense for y'all, but I do recommend watching that itself it was very well produced and written and shows a lot of the problems we have today so the united states does have the highest rate of incarceration if you already haven't guessed that we have the highest rate of incarceration in the world and we do have this problem of mass incarceration specifically mass incarcerating black people and this is how we got here 13th amendment Y'all know that amendment. I'm hoping you do. I know in Texas they can't teach it anymore because racism and lawmakers with power using racism to stop schools from teaching things. But the 13th Amendment ended slavery, however, did not end labor practices that are unpaid. So slavery... For criminals. There's a little exception in that amendment. You can look it up and read it yourself and you'll see it right there. There's a little exception. So slavery ends 
and we the southern economy is completely broken because it was built on slavery it's all messed up but however they use the loophole in the 13th amendment to exploit prisoners as unpaid laborers so to do this they're like we need more prisoners we need more laborers there are stereotypes and myths growing from racism about black men being depicted as criminals and animals and then they are arrested in mass amounts continuing with segregation and jim crow laws then the civil rights movement starts and grows and the leaders are depicted as criminals and crime was increasing at around the same time so as the civil rights movement is growing and growing and it's we're trying to stop racism and stop these racial injustices and get black people equal rights they the other side is depicting these civil rights leaders and black people as criminals more and more and the 1970s hits and those are the years where mass incarceration and the idea of law and order just hit off we want to know who was born during that time the boomers just saying (laughs) you want to know who was president nixon we all know we all know nixon from another problem tricky dick oh that man what an a-hole that man (laughs) (laughs) he pushes for the war on crime and the war on drugs to arrest which leads to arresting people in mass amounts because we've got to put an end to crime so let's arrest people because that stops crime sure sure and you know what those drugs they're bad they're bad and you know what's even worse minorities with drugs we don't care about the white people with drugs we just want to arrest the minorities with drugs so that's what we're gonna do it's called the crime control model which started in the 1970s and we still use it today it's using more and more incapacitation and strict supervision through sentences sort of like mandatory minimum sentences where like there is a mandatory minimum for if you commit a crime the judge can't like give you a different one they have to at least do what the mandatory minimum is there's also truth in sentencing laws so you have to serve 85 percent of your sentence it's kind of getting rid of parole and giving people a chance to enter the community again we also and then that also leads to abolishing parole And it's also using the war on drugs that Nixon started to arrest more people and incapacitate more people. This has, this model has actually been attributed to 88% of the prison population increase because they started using this model. Now, this is a quote from John L. Richmond, who was Nixon's aide on domestic affairs. And he literally said this, years later, of course, but literally said this. So this whole campaign Nixon is going on, war on drugs, war on crime, it's bad, we gotta stop it. This is what this dude says. This dude. (laughs) This is what he said. My guy, this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. He said, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. 
we could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. They knew what they were doing. They, and they weren't secretive about it either. No, they knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to break up these communities and arrest them in mass amounts so that they could keep and hold their power. Hence, the mass incarceration. Now, not only did this start with Nixon and continue with Nixon, it continued on with Reagan. Mm. Don't even get me started on Reagan. Mm. (laughs) I got other issues with him. But he continues the war on drugs and specifically focuses on, keyword, crack cocaine by making sentences for that possession of crack cocaine longer, which differs from regular cocaine as that was often more expensive and so white people would use that more and crack cocaine was found often more with minorities and people of color because it was less expensive so they cracked down on that even more to mass incarcerate minorities and people of color at the same time the media is overrepresenting black people as criminals and there's even the new the they come up with this word super predators they made black people a crime to mass incarcerate them. And it doesn't end there, of course, because why would it? Because now we've got this whole mantra of being tough on crime. So George Bush, same thing. He's not an original dude. He's just, we gotta be tough on crime, you know? There, I mean... There isn't much to say about George Bush. (laughs) His entire mantra was, let's do the thing. Let's do the thing that we've always been doing. I don't care if it's good or bad. Let's just keep doing it. Let's do the thing. So he's just like, tough on crime. Let's keep doing it. And obviously, it just keeps going. And so all of these Republicans are like, oh, yeah, we're tough on crime. We've made it our thing now. And so they keep winning. And then the Democrats are like, oh, it's seen as like lenient on crime. Or like they don't care. They sympathize with criminals because we have such a stigma about criminals being actual people. Like we literally forget that they're actual people too. So Bill Clinton. Hmm. Hmm. Bill. Sir. <laughs> I have words for Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton goes, oh yeah, I'm going to take on crime. I'm not lenient on crime. I'm a new Democrat and I'm tough on crime. Bill. Why? Bill. Sweetie. Bill. Honey dear. Bill. Why? Anyways. (laughs) The only good thing you did was balance the budget. That's about it. Bill, look what you did. Look what you did. You were like, yeah, I'm going to take on crime. I'm going to be tough on crime. So you won because people are scared of crime because it's been because it's been demonized. Well, they're like, oh, yeah, we have such bad crime. It's so rampant. It's so high. Not because we're over arresting people for Mm-mm. nonviolent drug uses because we want to break up those communities. It's the crime. We're scared. Our little white families can't take it. So Bill's like, heck, yeah, I'm going to be tough on crime. And so he starts implementing even more things. He uses the three strike rule, which means that the third felony you get mandates prison for the rest of your life. He also continues with truth in sentencing. So getting rid of parole, you must serve 85% of your sentence. And the worst he did, 
1994 Federal Crime Bill. This bill expanded the prison system, increased funding to states to build prisons, increased the amount of police, militarized the police, and used the political force to be like, yeah, we got to be even more tough on crime, and we've really got to crack down. And it really was damaging to those communities that they were attacking. And you can see this by just looking at this little statistic right here, 1970. The prison population was 357,292. That's 1970. 357,292. By 2014, the prison population was at 2,306,200. I wonder what the difference between that is. That is a large Rita's calculating now. I am calculating what's the, now. What's the, like, a GPS goes, like, recalculating, recalculating, <laughs> recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Wow. Ow! You all... So, our difference here is 1,948,908. That is a million more people. Damn near two. How many? Two million. Can you calculate for us um, the difference between 2014 to 1970 to 2014? I certainly can. Please do that. How many years did it take for us to increase our prison population? 44. It only took 44 years to increase the prison population to more, to over a million. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a minute. Think think about that for a minute. And that's 2014. That's mm -hmm. not even 2021. Mm-hmm. That is 2014. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Mm hmm And that brings us to present day. This is from the ACLU. These this states that one in every three black boys born today are expected to go to prison in his lifetime. Same with one in every six Latino boys compared to one in every 17 white boys. You can see this clear difference here as black and Latino people are a minority in this country and we are predominantly white. And yet those statistics show how much more an overrepresented minorities are in the group of people who are arrested and sentenced. Mm-hmm. The prison industrial complex is something that we are going to touch on next along with mass incarceration because the prison industrial complex is ridiculous. Mass incarceration has also grown because of this prison industrial complex as private prisons are owned by businesses and those businesses profit off of prison labor. So they need to keep their prisons full so that they can keep profiting off of this labor when they're only paying their workers like 15 cents an hour or barely but not even paying them sometimes as little as three cents an hour private prisons like core civic and the geo group make billions off of prison labor in 2015 their combined revenue was 3.5 billion and for this they need their prisons to be full and hence keep incarcerating people right and getting stuck in the prison system specifically affects the poor who are often people of color. It's very, it very much overlaps between the two. There's cash bail. So even when they do get arrested, they're being held in a jail and they can't afford to get out on bail because of cash bail. 
And so if you are stuck in jail, it can lead to losing a job, a house, or even custody of your children. Or they can maybe get out on cash bail, but then they can't afford to go to trial and they plead guilty anyways to avoid that cost and to avoid having to deal with a mandatory minimum sentence. So they'll take a deal instead. And that problem even continues because if they plead guilty and they take that deal, they have now been incarcerated and they are a criminal. And in some states, they're not allowed to vote even after they leave the prison system. And it strips them of their fundamental right to change the country. Right. And if you want to hear a little bit more on that, you can listen to our episode on voting, which is in season one. We have incarcerated people for nonviolent drug crimes and people... And there are people just waiting in jail for trials. And this has even gotten worse because of COVID and has only strained and slowed the justice system even more. We have people just sitting in jails waiting for a trial. And they are losing everything because we are just incarcerating people for no no good reason. No freaking reason. (laughs) There has to be a change to be made. This country is struggling with this and hurting because of this it costs so much to keep that up and running and the only people that are benefiting off of this are large corporations that are getting prison labor and not paying their workers enough and these racist elites in power because they don't have to deal with minorities because they're all in the prison system right this all of this it's wrong they all know it and we all know it So we have to change the stigma and the narrative of who is a criminal and what crime in and of itself is. You can see how mass incarceration has grown over the years. You can see how it has been used as a racist tactic to incarcerate black people because, shocker, the United States is racist and wanted to take advantage of them yet again. And we have got to stop this and we've got to make new laws to redefine these crimes that they're getting over-criminalized for and yet white people are getting away with. This is a serious problem and it's been happening for years and y'all, it's bad (laughs) and it ties right in with policing and you can listen to our other episode for it, but I don't even know what else to say. It's so messed up and you can see even advisors are saying, oh yeah, we knew, we knew. We know exactly what we were doing. It was a perfect strategy and it worked. It played off of people's racist ideas and Mm -hmm. their fears. Mm -hmm. So if you want to listen about um, playing off of people's fears, also listen to our other episode on counter movements. But yeah, it was a racist strategy to play off people's fears. And we know this. We can't hide this. Let's do something about it. Let's shed some light, bring it to the forefront, and then crush it. Yes. That's it. Period. Those are the steps. That's it. Easy enough. <laughs> right. So with that, we are Uncertified and Unqualified. We release episodes every other Monday, and you can follow us on Instagram at Uncertified and Unqualified Pod. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.